0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 530 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. As always, I'm joined with Joe. How are we doing today?
1: Todd, I'm doing great, and so are you, is that correct?
0: that's right i'm fully functional
1: that's right isn't today as this episode goes live an anniversary of sorts
0: yes it is seven years ago as this goes live was the uh it's the anniversary of the kerfuffle uh the hard kerfuffle so yeah i'm doing pretty good no problems knock on wood hold on i know you hate these sounds so should be pretty
1: good i'll i'll sweeten that knock and post don't worry
0: Oh, good. I was hoping. I could maybe do it in my ringtone maker if you want me to.
1: No, that's okay. All right. But yeah, so I'm glad seven years on now here, uh, you're doing healthier, <laughs> and you're doing good for you. You
0: know what? That's the best way to put it, Joe.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, And again, this is a wrestling thing, of course, where someone... You, you know the Sandman, right? Uh, human Bender that's right so uh when he went to uh when he left ecw for a short time to go to wcw uh everyone would comment on what good shape he was in Mm -hmm. and raven his good buddy would always joke and say it's like no he's not in good shape he's in good shape for him Mm. do i know this raven sad scotty flamingo oh okay (laughs) i know that guy joe So that's all. I'm glad you're doing well. I also remember from it was the day before where we sat in the uh, pizza joint next to the comic book shop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to, we're going to do this whole thing where every week we're going to have a bit on the show where we do an update (laughs) on Name Redacted and the art that he owes you. And then every week it's going to be this thing. And then, you know, that. And then none of that happened because more pressing matters happened. You know, you living and all.
0: Right, you didn't want to stress me out every week.
1: Right. You're,
0: you're like, oh, you just had a mild heart attack. Let's let's make you mad once a
1: week during the show. And outside of us moving from uh, Grizzly Productions, mm-hmm. which I don't think exists anymore, who won that war? Put <laughs> Grizzly Productions and uh David Carradine in the same bucket. Oh boy. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> so the day that we moved from them and you having your uh, kerfuffle are the only two times that we ever missed a week in the five hundred and thirty episodes of the show that we've done, you know,
0: That's nearly right. ten years. We've net we only missed an episode twice, and we've only really moved an episode a couple of times. I remember there was a uh, a power outage one day, and I think I don't think we ever really moved much after that. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh, hey Todd, what's on the show this week?
0: <laughs> News, show. Anyway, uh, we have an update on the release of a big comic book movie. Um, Dan Slot and the Marvel Method in the six one six Disney Plus show. An update on the great British diamond heist. Um, Marvel files for a trademark. And this crosses over with the most recent uh, episode of previewing the past over on Patreon. And uh, the return of Grading on You, where there's a job opportunity, Joe. Emphasis on opportunity. (laughs) Um, We have free digital books in sales. What we read last week, which is Immortal Hulk 40. Rorschach 2, and Stillwater number 3. What we're looking forward to this week, Todd's art Attack, which will tie into Todd's actual heart attack. And finally, a spoiler-filled talk of the latest episode of Mandalorian at the end.
1: I still get such a kick out of calling a scam an opportunity.
0: <laughs> it's one of those bits that's on the show that I absolutely love, because as soon as you say it, Those in the know know, it's up there with getting two of something.
1: Right. Uh, So whenever I see in the real world, and I say outside of doing this podcast, the real world, I guess, and I see someone who's obviously pulling a scam, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're up to no good, or they're just like a a dishonest person. And they're talking about an opportunity. And they're not meaning it in the way that they, they're they meaning it, but they're meaning it in the way that I know they're meaning it. Right. It's like triple funny.
0: Right. And I love, too, because every time I'm in one of my art uh, Facebook groups, that no matter what, when when there's a chance to get a commission or art, it's always called an art opportunity. And I was like, I had one of those for about a
1: decade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. <laughs>
1: All right, so hey, let's do a follow-up on the Great British Diamond (laughs) Heist, which I love that you called it that.
0: (laughs) Is it wrong?
1: No, it's it's technically correct. Right. So uh, about a month or so ago, we had discussed it here on the show that something like a half a million dollars worth of merchandise was stolen from the Diamond UK warehouse. And we sat here and we wondered what was taken. (laughs) And the following week, we found out that a majority of it was like exclusive Funko Pops that didn't have the sticker on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it appears that those turned up this week. Right. <laughs> so uh, what was it? Uh, thieves managed to... I'm just trying to see exactly what was... Right, was- so of the uh, 500, pi- and I said thousand uh, pi- uh, dollars... Uh, Of the uh, 500,000 pounds, 200,000 pounds worth of the stock uh, was found. Um, It was being kept in a business unit in Yorkshire, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, 42 year old man is arrested on suspicion of handling stolen goods. (laughs) Diamond UK has yet to respond to what's going on with this. Uh, but yeah, listen, man, um, this is tough stuff to fence. You know, it's very particular. It's very niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, England is a very small country comparatively. Right. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that justice is being served.
0: Right. I'm hoping to get more information on this uh like like as it dribs and drabs come out i i because i find it fascinating like how they they you know carted off with 200 to five hundred thousand dollars, whatever the price range was or i'm sorry pounds um uh, just like i still think it had to be an inside job somehow you know what i mean like and i'm hoping like more of it comes out and i'm not 100% sure from the stuff that i read it seemed like there was other stuff than right. the,
1: so the the diamond
0: okay. stuff. So I was like, "Is there a, like a a comic book like heist? People running around England,
1: right?" Okay. So I guess the the warehouse was connected to uh, a distributor in Runcorn, UK. Right, uh, and the owner of the uh, the distributor said that they also managed to get away with his own signed copy of a Stanley book. Uh, Hot Toys full scale Thanos gauntlet, uh, his collection of UK pocket libraries, and a bunch of co- comics, uh, UK comics from the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. So when the stuff that was taken from the Diamond Warehouse was found, that business storage unit also had assorted action figures, Game of Thrones merchandise board games, and imported collectibles dating back 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is obviously something that has been going on for some time. And the guy attempted to go for like the big heist.
0: <laughs> and that's
1: what got him, you know?
0: That's right. You got a nickel and diamond, man. <sighs> more money, more problems, Joe. <laughs> I
1: watched a video today about people who make online videos and when they do like set dressing and props and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, they go to Goodwill and estate sales with their own charcoal pen and change prices on stuff. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was thinking to myself, what a bunch of dirt bags. I loved it. It was the best.
0: It's like big timers in our own local comic shop trying to move stickers on stuff. (laughs) I believe that has happened more than once.
1: (sighs) That's a good good, uh, opportunity if you can get away with it as well.
0: Uh, I love a good opportunity.
1: So speaking of opportunities, it was made official. There had been whispers for the last week or so uh, in regards to what was going on with Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Obviously, movies in theaters, you know, many places still not safe enough to open up. Uh, But just this past weekend, Warner Brothers made the decision that on Christmas Day... Uh, it is going to be available in theaters where there are theaters open and to be available to, uh, to stream on HBO max,
0: which when I saw this, it actually like shocked the heck out of me, man. I was like, all right, you know, like, you know, put it out where you can at theaters. That's a, that's what you're going to do, but to stream on uh on hbo max which i'm guessing as long as you have an account you can do because i know disney plus did it with mulan but you had to pay 30 bucks or something like that so i haven't heard anything like that with uh with uh wonder woman 884 so i i was i was really taken aback by
1: this like i said i think we knew this was coming we just didn't know what the decision was going to be Um, you know, a lot of folks did the flat rate 20 bucks or whatever it was as like the rental fee, Mm -hmm. but to have it be part of HBO Max is huge. And, uh, Marvel Disney has not made the official decision about what they're doing with Black Widow yet. Correct?
0: Right. I haven't heard anything. I mean, that's still, did they
1: give it like a, a, a spring date at some point tentatively? Well, you know, the date kind of, much like Wonder Woman, the date kinda of kept moving and shifting and whatnot mm-hmm. until we got to like this tentative Christmas date. Um, as we're talking here, and then the Christmas date is coming and gone, and now Wonder Woman is coming out in theaters and Christmas, but it's also gonna be on HBO Max.
0: Right, but to speak about Black Widow, it makes me wonder because it makes me wonder how if it has any with the Marvel TV shows on Disney Plus right. like just the way they do things I wonder if Black Widow has to come out before uh, Vision and Wanda. You right. know what I mean? so, like they, they might so have stuff lined up.
1: What? Right. There's been no official word is but the official release date off of Marvel's website is now May of 2021.
0: Okay. That's what I remember hearing.
1: Yeah. Just in time
0: for free comic book day.
1: Yes. Um, So it's, you know, it's interesting that um, Marvel Disney has made this kind of hard and steadfast decision. And yeah, everywhere I'm looking, it says May 7th, 2021. Mm -hmm. So it looks like they're not going to balk and kind of zig where DC is zagging here. And Listen, man, I, 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 I doff my John Cena cap to them. Good on them. Get people watching your movie, man. You want me to sign up for HBO Max? This will get me to sign up for HBO Max.
0: What, you're not going to rent out the theater and go? No. With just me and you? Like the Siskel and Ebert of like the modern day?
1: If we could finagle it, I absolutely would.
0: I definitely think they will. They'll do a, I mean, we were discussing this to go see what, New Mutants? which I still haven't seen yet, which I hear is spectacular. Um, You know, only 20 people or so, and it would be like, I don't know, I forget what the the price on it was, but I have a feeling I could get 20 people that I trusted to see Wonder Woman.
1: I think that would be an easier sell, for sure.
0: Right, because New Mutants... Honestly, God, I remember talking with the basis about this. New Mutants was just because it was available at a time that everybody had been cooped up. It was a movie people and wanted to see but people really wanted to get out now it's it's a movie people really want to see so that i think it would be totally different but either way yeah well we
1: could start kind of um
0: laying the groundwork
1: yeah getting feelers seeing who'd be up to to go and do it and so forth Mm -hmm. um the uh december 25th is what a friday or something so like you know
0: yeah christmas end yeah i mean it would be after christmas so i don't see us doing it on christmas day i mean i'll be i'll be bloated from
1: fish math but yeah so they have uh our local theater by us Mm-hmm. Uh, is showing some Croods movie The Croods Are you aware of the Croods Todd Yes legendary the old double R's in that Yeah Okay
0: You're Looking up to see if you could Book a theater
1: Yep That's the other thing is um, You know obviously Wonder Woman I think is a more hot ticket item Than anything else really you know
0: Right, the only other movie and I know it wouldn't pertain to you. The only other movie that I thought about that would do it and they pushed it way way back in all of this was James Bond. And I know you're not a James Bond guy, but I was like I could easily get 19 other people to go see James Bond with me. This would definitely be a cool long box heroes, you know, discussion. So, I thought you had a
1: leak there for a second. No. So they don't have Wonder Woman on the list yet. Right,
0: but it's a month out, so...
1: But they do have, like, Bad Mom's Christmas. Right. Um, Best Man Holiday. Mm-hmm. Daddy's Home 2. <laughs> a Very Harold and Kumar Christmas. I don't know if that's, like, a new movie or an old movie.
0: No, I think that's an old movie. I remember when they did New Mutants... Old movies, I want to say, were a hundred for twenty people, uh-huh. and new movie, like as they were doing Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones, let's just say for a hundred. I might be wrong a little bit on the on the prices, but okay. then definitely it was a new movie was hundred and fifty for twenty people. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. So they do have like they do have a bunch of different Christmas movies on here. Everything's everything's ninety nine bucks except for Crus which is hundred and fifty. Right. Cruise so wonder was going to be hundred and fifty right um but they have like batman returns christmas story national lampoons christmas vacation elf fred claws gremlins <laughs> grinch Stole christmas krampus Ooh, krampus um I had, I had
0: one of those in my legs but i i rubbed it out
1: planes trains automobile Polder express scrooged
0: <laughs> greatest christmas movie ever
1: now i'll say this i'm looking at this uh list of contemporary uh, christmas movies eh, die hard's not on the list eh. that's a, that's obviously an oversight yeah, okay i'm just saying that's proof but i'm gonna keep my <laughs> eyes peeled there for if and when wonder woman comes up assuming it's gonna be 150 bucks and see how many people we can get to go sweet okay uh, so, hey, also ripped from the pages of the most recent for $5 and up patrons, and <laughs> is a spoiler for the dollar Patreons, Um, In the most recent episode of previewing the past November in 1990, one of the big books that Marvel was pushing 30 years ago this month was Dark Hawk. Um, and apparently um, Marvel just issued a whole bunch of trademarks on it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for paper, you know the usual nonsense, right? Like everything, right. like all kids' stuff,
0: right? Throughout the universe in perpetuity, kind of a deal.
1: Yeah, school supplies, uh, temporary tattoos, stamps, party bags, sandwich bags, everything like what they do for Spider-Man and everybody else.
0: Right. So of
1: course, somebody sees this, and then that gets the price of the book going up, right? And
0: we were joking that it's, you know, every collection had two, three, four copies of Darkhawk. And in the long game, it's going to pay off, Joe.
1: Finally, you just had to wait 30 years for it. That's right. Now, was this, if I remember correctly, and again, spoiler, teaser, whatever, for people who, who haven't listened or didn't listen or whatever. Was Dark Hawk one of the books that had Order 10 written above it? It did, okay. show <laughs> So whoever 10. we bought this previews from, mm-hmm. hopefully they played the long game and kept their 10 copies of Dark Hawk that they ordered 30 years ago. And now if and when Dark Hawk becomes the next Spider-Man meets Batman <laughs> meets Iron Man, I hope they become a millionaire from it.
0: That's right. You can retire on that in your NFL Super Pro. But anyway...
1: <laughs> also came out that same month also did not have order 10 written above it
0: oh boy but when they do, when they do that copyright joe
1: now so we say this of course um now this doesn't mean it's definitely going to hit 100 percent, of course because you know the hellstrom series came out on hulu and that was what it was uh marvel did a similar copyright thing for the just like the brand spirits of vengeance and nothing ever came of that but i think dark hawk tied into the new warriors could be its own separate free form if that's even still a thing disney (laughs) plus original show where they just do the same formula that they did with the original marvel cinematic universe where it's like you know however many years ago it's like no one cares about iron man so we're gonna make an iron man movie no one cares about the hulk no one cares about captain america but you make good products and then the avengers is now a viable brand again is this more so them marvel attempting to do that same formula on tv or some sort of other format with the new warriors like are we gonna see speedball be the next one
0: i don't know i have a take on this that it would be if, if it was a TV show and the Freeform stuff became the Hulu stuff, because in the couple episodes of uh, Hellstrom that we saw, it was like Roxanne was a heavy like background thing, which was in the Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways, I guess, um, which all kind of tied into like the Hulu-verse, which wasn't you know, the Netflix stuff. So I think he could go there. Or for a while there, he was tied in with annihilation and everything maybe after uh jimmy pistol's done doing suicide squad he could show up in because he was a cosmic type character there for a while in annihilation stuff he could be in the next guardians of the galaxy yeah you know so like he could be a minor character like they they were he was uh in the last one was just knocking off like here's the you know all these characters that you kind of Didn't know about, didn't know we're in the movie until you looked around. So I could see him popping up as a as a side character in in the next Guardians. That's as good as guess as any, you know.
1: Yeah, and you know, um, who knows? It'll be very interesting. I'm excited to see what they're going to do.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I always thought it was a great premise. I just thought it was like you know, like as we discussed, it like the beginning of speculation, so it doesn't get any respect do you know what i mean because anything put out at that time was a money grab so like i do think the premise would hold up on tv or a movie
1: fingers crossed for everyone involved yes yes if it's good if it's good of course you know if it's well
0: there's not been a battle there's not been a lot of bad marvel in the movies on the tv well that's neither here nor there
1: All right. So last but not least, speaking of Marvel, speaking of Disney Plus, they recently rolled out a series called Marvel 616, uh, which is from the description uh, to explore Marvel's rich legacy of pioneering characters, creators and storytelling to reflect the world outside your window. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of just, like, the pop culture stuff. Like, I know there was an episode about, like, the the action figures and the toys and everything, but there was another one specifically about the Marvel method, focusing mm-hmm. on Dan Slott creating Iron Man 2020. Right. The book. The book, right. right. Inspired by whatever that story was from the early 80s,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, where Arno Stark is the Iron Man of 2020. Obviously, that would never come to pass, such a far-off future thing. Here we are. It's nearing 2020. Dan Slott's the writer on Iron Man, so he pitches Iron Man 2020. And we're off to the races. Right. So I saw a lot of people talking about this online, and there's such varying opinions in regards to people's feeling in regards to this. I could imagine people that don't know Marvel outside of the movies. Right. Probably found this, like, very fascinating. To see, like, how a comic book goes from, like, concept to to book, right? Right. And be like, okay, and that's it. And then I move on. I'll probably never buy a comic book, but that was neat. That was interesting. Mm -hmm. Then there's people like us. People who buy the comic books, of course. Which we'll get to, uh, of course... Um, And then there was other comic book professionals themselves who were very upset with the way that Dan Slott kind of plays fast and loose with maybe taking advantage of writers, scripters, inkers, letterers, pretty much everyone. Right. Um, And then... You know, then there's the people themselves, uh, Pete Woods, the, uh, the artist on the book himself. Um, and his part of it was interesting. And this is kind of where I come down on it. Um, and this is, like I said, this Pete Woods. He's the artist. He's featured in it. Uh, and he says, Dan took a bullet to add some narrative drama to the episode. Honestly, working on this issue was similar to every other job I've done. In fact, I've had much more stressful situations in the past. Bottom line, Dan sells a boatload of comics, and he's never never so late that it's a problem. If you think he is, look at Iron Man 2020 and ask yourself how many fill-in artists and letterers there were. That's your metric, how much he does this to his co-creators. So then Joe Carmania... Uh, And I'm pronouncing that wrong. I know in the episode Dan says that it rhymes with lasagna, and I don't think that it does. Um, Who's the letterer on it on the episode says, like, he has to have the book in by 6.30 on a Friday, and it's 6.15 and he don't have it. Mm -hmm. Then he tweeted out saying, oh, I guess they must have cut the part out where they said I was lettering in the waiting room for my wife to give birth to our son. So, um, The part where Pete Wood says that Dan took a bullet to add some narrative drama to the episode,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: get that completely. I could see that they're trying to weave a story of the process and how things, like deadlines and stuff like that. And I don't think that Dan writes in as much of the Marvel style as a Stan Lee did or even a lot of his contemporaries did. From the early to mid 80s. But I just feel weird that Marvel themselves, whether we're talking about the comic book side, Disney Plus side, or whatever it is, would allow this to go out. And admittedly, through what Pete Woods says, you know, one of their top selling uh, writers be made to look, you know, in possibly a negative light on a very large platform.
0: See, I think it's all tongue in cheek. And fun, and I think a lot of it has to do with a certain, and I mean, uh, comic book website news place that has a beef with them,
1: right? And, so, so that's okay. So, that's the thing. I saw it like on social media before <sighs> I saw it on certain websites that may have a beef with Dan,
0: right? But I, I mean, I think just because you saw it there later doesn't mean it wasn't there before. Do you know sure. what I'm saying? Uh, like I don't just because you saw one before the other uh that certain website could have had the news out there I think that in my mind that's what happened is the news site went after them kind of like oh look at it's wait but if you see uh who's the who is the breaver was the editor yeah they they constantly for years have been on twitter like back in the day and then Dan had to go away from social media but there was a time, I'll never forget it, where Dan Dan was on Twitter like this and that and this and Tom Brevet was like, Danny boy, shouldn't you be working? Like you've been on Twitter you know two hours that's great but get back to and that's the way it's been so i get what you're saying but i don't think it does any any great harm and i think it's just fascinating you know to see how the marvel method is done which nobody does anymore and that's i I don't know i just i just think it's all being overblown as far as i'm concerned
1: so you make a good point i forgot about the brevort slot stuff Mm-hmm. I would not being that, you know, Pete Woods, the artist said that they did this presented in a way to add drama to the episode. Sure. You got to have a counting clock, you know, a countdown. Okay. so I wouldn't be surprised if they or someone or even Tom Brevoort, if they came to him or whatever. And someone said, like, hey, remember those tweets of you and Dan going back and forth about him being late on something? Mm-hmm. Let's t- we can make that into an episode. Right, right. So that's the other thing is, because this is done in such a way, I I really feel as though a lot of this was cooked to add Mm. drama to it. Right. But there's a lot of people that don't believe it was cooked, and it's a lot of people that are in the comic book profession themselves. Mm. That was like part of what I was kind of so um, taken aback by to just see people, like on the indie level, of course, saying, like, what Dan is doing is abuse to employees. And, like, oh, boy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I didn't feel that strongly about the way that this was all presented. Yeah,
0: and I mean, even if he is late, like, you know, that I don't know. It, it gets down to, like, Pete Woods. Does he feel disrespected? Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Like, and, I, and it's not like this was the first time that Christos Gage has worked with Dan. Christos Gage ha- has and is been working with Dan for many many years
0: and that's why i don't think you'll ever see christos gage back at dc okay because he's he's i i do believe dan is slow i do i i have no doubt about that you know but i do believe dan will will always use christos as his cleanup hitter and because of that, like, I liked Christos Gage. Like, we always talk about his Deathstroke miniseries at DC and stuff. I'd love to see him go back and get, a, you know, get a book. But I think they, he stays there to be second banana and get a big check off a big book, if that makes any sense. Then go risk, be, uh, you know, a, try to be a big banana, you know, like with, with these, with, with, on his own. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say, but also they won't. And even if he try to leave, they'd be like, "Eh, well, let's up, let's up your word count pay. You know what I mean? Like, because well, we need you to keep Dan around, to keep Dan on time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is something that I've learned from listening to the Rob Liefeld po- podcast. Of course, you know, when you get paid for a book and it's a big book and Dan writes big books, there's a pie. And that pie is bigger than most other things. And you know, when Dan was writing Spider-Man, Spider-Man outside of like an X-Men book, was consistently the number one selling book at Marvel. And a lot of those issues and spinoffs and like two or three times a month when that book was shipping, a lot of those books would be Dan Slott. A lot of those books would be Dan Slott and Christos Gage. And a lot of those books would be Christos Gage. Right. But it was all telling the same story. And it's Dan's decision as the writer to decide how much of that big pie he wants. Mm -hmm. He could decide... Like and like on the Iron Man book, just as an example, in in the thing Dan mentions, Pete Woods ends up being the penciler, the inker, and the colorist. That's effectively three paychecks. Pretty much Woods is getting on that book. Mm -hmm. And And Dan gets one big paycheck for being the writer. And he could decide to take a piece of his writer paycheck and give it to Christos Gage. And a piece of something really big is still pretty big, you know? Exactly. And so it's just like, you know, they're in there and these are big name creators and I'm not going to put them on blast, but I'm going to like just read some of the stuff that they were saying. Uh, Editors never seem so pleasantly bemused when I fall behind on deadlines.
0: Sell books as much as Dan Slott does. Okay,
1: Then see what happens. Dan Slott is committing workplace abuse and shouldn't be allowed to write comics. And this is not these are not fans. These are not readers. These are other industry professionals that work at other major companies. Um uh da, 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 da. there are you know there's at least 5 uh independent up and coming writers with fresh ideas and stellar work ethic that Marvel could hire instead of empowering Dan Slot to consistently blow his deadlines mistreat his creative team but it's and then like goes on to like slander like other people that's unrelated to Dan right mm-hmm. um so it's just like it's the industry people that didn't seem to get it that that it just left me like flabbergasted mhm
0: i don't know yeah. side note i'd like to say um one thing i think they should do better on the the 616 show is all that behind the, like when they were discussing the marvel method and people were doing it um the The only people that they really pointed out were Jack and Stan. And I Uh mean, anybody can pick Stan out of a lineup like now because of his cameos and stuff like that. Jack deserves all the credit that he can get. So I'm fine with that. But when they were showing all those, like uh, the bullpen uh, photos and and video and stuff like that, they should have had names of all those creators that were in those pictures because they're all famous people. If you're in the comic biz, but they're not, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, you're giving me all these vintage pictures. You should say, you know, I don't remember who was in them now off the top of my head, but it should be like George Perez, Penciler. You know what I mean? Like, give these guys the credit that they're
1: due, you know? Even even go one step further if you're worried that like, oh, people aren't going to know who, as example, George Perez is, right? I don't have the pictures from the 616 episode right in front of me. But like, you freeze frame on that picture. And you pointed a guy and say blank created X Mm-hmm. blank worked on Thor for 40 years. Exactly. You know, this person did this, like tell, tell you and I who this person is, but then tell everyone else, here's what this person did. Right. And like, give it, like it, make it snappy, make it quick, make it a hot, you know, um, who's the, who's the guy who, um, Len Wein, like show a picture of Len Wein and say created Wolverine right exactly what i mean like just something quick like that you don't need to like do a 20 minute biopic on him you show a picture here's his name here's what he did moving on
0: literally as you're doing the marvel method it's it's vh1 pop-up video yep it's not hard the other thing is every time pete woods drew on his little hand scanner it broke my heart joe yeah me too man it broke my heart like when he's like oh look at me draw this and like let me blow it up and i'm like that's beautiful. There's, but there's no original
1: art. Look at there's the way it's no. colored too. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: and it's. It, I was like, oh, you know, like page, like all the pages that can never be bought because of this. And then later in the episode, where they're in the bullpen and they had all those Manila envelopes back in the day when you had to bring your stuff in to be inked or you worked there. They're like, here's all the books with the pages in these Manila envelopes. I'm like, aha, oh my god, so cool. <laughs> And it's changed so much, Joe, because, like, 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 and talking with, like, you know, Tom and everything, it's like, and they even say in the episode, like, before it had to be, you had to live in in, in Manhattan, or, like, you had to be somewhere where you could drive in to bring your work in, so it could get inked and, or sent off or whatever. Now you can live anywhere in the world, and people are like, you know, like, Tom will do do pencils, you're like, alright, I'll pencil, but he doesn't send the pages off to the inker He he scans them and sends them. Then that guy scans out blue lines and inks them, if he inks them for real, or he could do it digitally. So, like, there could be two versions of a – paint. like, it's changed so much. And I'm just like, I just want the original art, and every time I see it, it makes me – it makes my head spin because – yeah, it's moved on, but I'm still living in 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 the, the, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s, and the 80s, and it I, it, I, I get it. It's fine because I actually watch Pete Woods as he's drawing. He could, like, change things. He could be like, oh, well, I added this layer, this layer, this layer. I don't like it. Let me remove the last two layers. So he doesn't have to redraw anything. I know. And I'm like, I get it. It speeds you up, but, man, how much money are you missing out on those pages. And I always say, well, they're like, oh, well, we got a lot of talking head pages. Draw those in digital. Give me the big two-page two, two page splash of uh, Wolverine and the Wendigo going toe-to-toe. To toe. You know what I mean? Like, at least do those.
1: And I'll say that, and Pete Woods is a guy, and there's a lot of other guys like him that have been drawing for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, there when it was pen to paper, and they have seamlessly transitioned to this new digital model and obviously, they've made that decision, right? I, I, like I said,
0: good for them.
1: Yeah, but like, like you know, I can see, like the new and up and coming guys that maybe started within the last like ten. Like Pete Woods is a veteran man; he's been doing this a long time, and he did it the old way for a long time, and he's doing it the new way. You know? Well, maybe a lot of these young guys need. Like you think a
0: lot of these young guys would want to do pen and paper because they because they don't have their you know, they haven't made their bones yet and they need to sell that artwork to make rent. You know that's true. Mean? So it's like there's like a whole bunch of variables, but that's that I just found fascinating. Like it's the weird thing. Like oh, here's this whole episode about the Marvel Method and Dan Slott being slow and this and that. And I'm like, look at that art. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the things that are going on in the back of my head is this is going on.
1: Uh, well, Todd. Mm -hmm. I know there's no original art from Pete Woods to buy, but it sounds like if there was, you might need a couple extra bucks. I could use a couple extra bucks, yes. Well, Todd, I've got an opportunity for you. Oh, boy. This is your chance to become part of a well-established, fast-growing company with a global presence because CGC is hiring. Ooh, where do I sign? CGC is hiring... To uh, is seeking to immediately hire dozens of employees across all of its categories and for nearly all positions, including entry-level, specialist, and management positions. Ooh. All successful applicants will be fully trained in CGC standards and operations. They're looking for possession, positions in accounts payable, assembly production operator, Customer service, work from home. (gasps) Graders for coins, paper money, sports cards, and trading cards. No comics, sadly. Uh, Production coordinator, submission processing specialist, and warehouse material handler.
0: Mm, I know a guy in England who could work there (laughs) in the warehouse. They do
1: have an online form and a $1,000 signing bonus. If you're able to start by March 31st,
0: mm, the CGC pyramid opportunity. But no, it's I, I don't even know. I the only thing I can think of is in there. You were joking that they don't have any comic stuff. That they have all the comic people that they need is that they're branching out into these cards and coins more and money or whatever. So you need to really train those guys to to to, to grade and stuff like that. You signing up, Joe? I'm looking. Find a job for you? Uh, you, want, you know,
1: see what the... Uh, oh, so it says, due to ongoing training requirements, candidates for this role must res- reside locally in or near the Sarasota, Florida area. Even though you could work from home anywhere, you have to be in the Sarasota, Florida area. It's just like
0: 80s in the Marvel bullpen, Joe. I guess. Mm. They're not going to send comics to my house to grade
1: Well, no, I was looking at the customer service position
0: I I mean, I was thinking about working in accounts payable At least accounts skimmable anyway My goodness
1: (laughs) All right, so if any of our listeners are in the Sarasota, Florida area Please sign up and be (laughs) our person on the inside at CGC
0: We get 10% finder's fee We
1: get that $1,000 signing bonus 50 percent you know 60 60 you have to use it to sign up for our patreon oh
0: there you go you have to you have to get the sad scotty flamingo patreon level
1: so uh hey that's the news um soon to be dot network.com soon to be dot com. uh all the shows in the network anytime anybody shows up on another show mostly just me uh i was on pod van Dam this week i may have had an incriminating thing or two edited off the show
0: oh that sucks (laughs) when people have to do that
1: (laughs) um i didn't care um but the uh jonah said like hey do you want me to edit this thing and this thing that you set out and i'm like if you're asking me, you as the editor of the show, producer of the show, probably feel uncomfortable with me saying those things. So I say, go for it.
0: You edit whatever you need to make you feel better. Is what you tell. Right. You're
1: telling me. I'll I'll never listen to it. So yeah.
0: I, I'm I, my Pod Van Dam uh, invite must have got lost in the email.
1: It did. So so. They sent it to uh, Tyler's dad instead of you.
0: See, when you said there was going to be two two people on on the podcast, I thought it was going to be me and Michelle. But
1: no, that scam that that scam entails you guys having to watch wrestling, and it you know what I mean. Like I wasn't going to have you watch Survivor Series this past weekend. Oh,
0: I, even though I heard the theme song was amazing.
1: Yes, yeah, so you would have just watched that, and then I'm done. It can't get <laughs> any better than this. That's <laughs> right. Here's my two likes, and I'm out. Yeah, But actual shows in the soon-to-be-named network include this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night War, Porch Talk, which I think is on hiatus due to weather. Yes, I believe it is. And Add Odds with Wrestling. Now, this week's Add Odds with Wrestling, if you're a listener, uh, Adam will not be on because he is both importing and exporting this week. Uh, so I, I'm going to be doing a special holiday episode. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, wrestling podcast fan, probably not the first time that you've heard this, uh, I had myself, a friend of the network, The Boar, and other friend, I don't think he listens to podcasts, Sidney Bacabella on, and we looked at the entire roster of 1989 World Wrestling Entertainment uh to book the best card that we possibly could by drafting people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we're gonna you're gonna listen, you're gonna hear us draft, you're gonna hear us put our shows together. Then we're gonna post those shows up and then you the listeners get to vote on who had the best show.
0: Is that the new cool thing for kids to do do imaginary drafts? Yeah. All right. Pencil uh, this down. Comic book
1: drafts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it would work here, you know?
0: I draft Amazing Fantasy 15. Beat oh. that show. <laughs>
1: I draft uh, a, a 7.0 uh, action comics. Number one,
0: I draft Darkhawk Number one, 10. Oh, Oh, Oh,
1: I thought you were going to say 10 copies.
0: Oh, 10 copies of 10. Oh,
1: there, there, you know what? And see, now that you say it, there is a way that that could be done, but I don't even want to open up that kettle of fish because then that's just going to be more work for me. Is it more work for me? um I could make it more work for you. Well, if you can
0: make it less work for me then open that kettle, Joe.
1: No. Uh also in the show notes of course, be sure to sh- check out our local shop, uh Comics on the Green. He does a brisk mail order business. Your, you know, weekly book can be sent to you weekly, bi-weekly, monthly if you don't have a reliable store or a reliable service in your area, be sure to check them out. Tell them we sent you Todd and I, Longbox Heroes. You don't get any sort of discount or anything else like that, but it just makes us feel good when Dave tells us that, like, hey, so-and-so is getting their books here because of you guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, our friend Becky does a lot of original art in and around the world. You know, I didn't get a chance to talk to her because when I went to the shop last week, she went out to walk the dog. And then when I was leaving, she was coming back in with a dog.
0: Right, right. The I've star of Super the secret dream.
1: project is coming along. Right, yep. Um, also, uh, you know, we have friends, uh, of the show who have done comics of their own. Chris Runt, uh, a long, long time ago, a long time ago, he did a Kickstarter. <laughs> His book, Battle Monsters, is available on Comixology, uh, if you're a digital comic book person, uh, also over there is Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, and the links directly to those over on Comicsology are there. Um, I know Comixology Occasionally will do... Sales on creator on stuff, so I don't know if that stuff did or has or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, shown up on there. But if they do, definitely check them out, you know, support people who support us. But there is a plethora of other digital sales going on because we are on the cusp of Black Friday, Digital Monday. Archie, DC, Dark Horse, Image, Boom, Dynamite, IDW, Valiant all have sales going on that are just Black Friday sales. That's it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Marvel, of course, has one, not two, but three individual sales going on. One just on Spectacular Spider-Man. Another on Dawn of X. And another one on world-shattering events. Ooh. So if you want your world shattered, be sure to check that out. And like I said, the links to all of these in the show notes. Uh, Let's get into, Todd, what we read from this past week. Where would you like to begin
0: let's start with the book we were both looking forward to most immortal hulk 40
1: immortal hulk number 40 written by al ewing with art by joe bennett Mm -hmm. um this is the continuing saga of everything that has been going on since issue one of immortal hulk we talk about immortal hulk every time it comes (laughs) out pretty much however i will say this even though this issue uh, was attempting to pin the needle with body horror. Mm-hmm. Probably the most like accessible to new readers. Like it didn't say like start of a new story arc or anything,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: maybe I'm just in the immortal Hulk headspace for as long as we've been since the beginning that this felt almost like reader friend, like new reader friendly to me.
0: Um, I don't know about that. I think maybe you're in the headspace, like you said, okay. but I, I get what you're saying. I, I that I think this is the less and I don't want to say convoluted because that's not the word like with it doesn't have a billion things intertwined. It's a very straightforward story in this you know forty issue run, but I don't know if it's like, hey, super jumping on point either. you know what I mean so i'll 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 take the middle ground on that one.
1: But. Yeah, so, um, this is, of course, um, Sasquatch, like, everyone is body jumping at this point, and it's not cleanly, physically body jumping, right? Mm-hmm. A new person's in Sasquatch, uh, Joe Fixit. actually not Grey Hulk, but, like, the human version is, like, out right. and about doing things. Um, so I, I, thought it was just very, uh, very interesting. And I, I thought that they told you pretty much all you need to know. Um, and, and I, I, definitely think I am on the immortal Hulk train thinking that this was very reader friendly. like maybe just cause I want more people to read it. I don't know.
0: I, I figured that's what you're doing, but I, I, you know, the honest in me gets out every once in a while. It's one of my worst features, well. but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it was great too. Like seeing Joe fix it, like the way he escapes from the trapped hulk because things have changed and like you said Sasquatch what's going on with that and like and they're starting to piece together that maybe Rick Jones isn't you know is involved in the bad stuff a little bit but I will say and I'm not going to say too much of what it is but I did mark out when the hulk finally escapes and like you know who they send to like it's like hey like you go stop this and I'm like you know what anytime this happens <laughs> I'm on board for it, so like I marked out at the end of the book, so I was like,
1: Cross. "Yeah, and like I said, it was a really—I thought it was really good." Um, you know, and I'll say it again: everybody should be reading this book. It's it's really really good. Totally agree. And next, I think we're going to talk about Rorschach number two. I by believe that. Yep. Tom King and Jorge Fornes. Okay, so I think this kind of got away from being Rorschach as much as it could be, and it was more of like a a one-and-done crime book, and I loved it.
0: I agree, and I don't know if you... Do you have any idea why I really, really wanted to add this to the the thing? No. Okay, because do you get the undertones of the artist that they're investigating at all?
1: Um... Well, again, he's writing pirate comics. So it's the pirate backup to Watchmen, I would assume, right?
0: No, this guy is not in real life. This guy's Steve Ditko, the guy who created the question, who the Rorschach is based off of. Okay. He's the, he's the, he's the, the recluse who lives in an apartment, but draws comics. Remember how you'd hear those stories of people showing up at Ditko's door and be like, Hey, are you Ditko? Yeah, that's I created Spider-Man. I don't want to talk about it. All right, maybe here's an autograph, or maybe he uh, t- like scream at them. Okay. So this whole thing is a great issue of the this guy in, in investigating the murder mystery from the first issue, but the clues lead to this artist who created. Uh, the one of the, the most famous pirate in pirate comics, Pontius Pirate, which is a great name by the way. I'm going to stand up for that name. So basically, Pontius Pirate is Spider Man. Very, you know, everybody knows who it is, and nobody really knows who created it. And they find out this is the guy, and he's crotchety, and just the he even creates this character called the Citizen, which is Mister A, I believe, which he left comics for because he. Uh, mainstream comics because he wanted to write something better and bigger, and he created this person. And if you ever read Ditko's Mr. A, it reads exactly like the pages he has in this book, just unreadable. Like, because he was on this weird Ayn Rand trip and stuff like that. So, as I'm reading, I'm like, this is the most watchman thing of the Watchmen stuff that we've read outside the Alan Moore, like the before Watchmen stuff is kind of good. Like you have your hits and your misses. People like the Minuteman. Um, I like the, the, the Moloch one shot. And it's like, okay, the rest of eh, the, the, the doomsday clock was constantly late. I don't know if you remember, but so that was like, eh, but it really didn't hit the Watchmen mark. This I really like because, you know, there's not a lot of Rorschach. Like you say, he's in and out of the book through flashbacks, but, I just love the way that Tom King was like, I'm just going to do an homage to the guy who created the guy, the 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 first, the, the proto version of Rorschach. So that's why I wanted to, to talk about this. I, I didn't know if you had noticed it at
1: all. I didn't get that deep into it, man. Like I, obviously my um, lack of uh, comic book knowledge is showing here, you know? Right.
0: Didn't mean to throw you under the bus. So
1: No, it's okay, man. Like I said, I just didn't pick up on that, you know? Right.
0: So. And that's what makes it layered, like a it makes because it's layered like an onion, you know. <laughs> so it feels like it's Watchmen, if that makes any sense. I don't know when it's when it's that cool. It just makes me me feel a little bit better about the story.
1: So yeah, so it, it'll be definitely interesting, I guess, to see where things go from here because already issue two, we're kind of so far away from really what happened in that first issue. You know, there's threads of it, but you know, I think they're going to take a very long way to get back to that.
0: I do too. And I'm watching some of the stuff that they're doing that they, that seem to be throw away stuff mm-hmm. that I'm waiting. Like we don't understand why the, the real Rorschach, whatever this Rorschach is with the, the, the cowboy girl that's with them goes to Steve Ditko's apartment. You know what I mean? Like we kind of get the gist of it. They show kind of a flashback. He's like, I'm trying to save the world, but how this hurting this guy in the apartment over saves the world. I don't know. And I'm hoping it can all, you know, come together in the end. But the art is beautiful. So I love the, you know, it, it's very, like I said, it's supposed to be a, a parody of a superhero the way Watchmen is. So it's realistic, but at the same time, you know, it's, and not following the nine panel grid of Watchmen. I don't know. I really like the way the book looks. It doesn't look too gritty, but it doesn't look too superhero y, if that's a good way of putting it.
1: Yeah, so I'll say the fact that they are getting away from you Leaning on the nine-panel grid so much I think helps it in the long run
0: mm-hmm. I agree, because then you, you compare it too much to Watchmen Right When you make it look too much exactly like the, One of the greatest products in the entire history of comics You're like, now you're, you're, you're comparing it constantly If you do some fresh stuff, you're like Ah, okay, maybe, you know, I'll give it a little more of a chance
1: Certainly uh, last but not least, from Image, we have uh, Stillwater by Chip Zdarsky and Ramon Perez. Uh, issue 3, I we really liked Issue 1. We're both kind of, like, maybe split on Issue 2. But I think now here, here in Issue 3, I guess it's getting back into a little bit more focus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas issue one, we get the one piece of what's going on in Stillwater that essentially, you know, once you're inside the city limits, you can't die.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Issue two, I think, opened up a little bit too much stuff. Whereas issue three, they've kind of picked like two or three or four things and like, okay, these are the things that we're going to focus on.
0: Right. Which I think really narrows down to how the town functions in... Yes. In a world that you you can't die, and how like how we keep off the radar, and the way certain things happen, and like how does you know alcohol affect you? Like because you're constantly regenerate. Like it's it answers a ton of the questions that were floating around the back of my mind, and maybe move, like you said moves the plot along. Like the kid who fell off the building to to show the main character that things are off like did he, was the kid up to something you know what i mean like yeah that's just a minor thing that's in the background that you're like like why did you do that like is and it's like oh maybe he's just being a kid maybe he has ulterior motives but around all that is the uh the the feel like it feels good to have questions answered
1: right so it's not like they answered every question and obviously they opened up some new questions mm-hmm. but i think by issue three here, having a little bit more focus on like what Daniel is going to be doing the stuff with the doctor in town, assisting Daniel everyone kind of like the, the sheriff and everything, knowing that the doctor has been assisting Daniel at this point. And you talked about how they work so hard to keep what is going on in Stillwater secret. There's a bit at the end, of course, that is definitely going to put that to the test here. Mm -hmm. Maybe next issue, or maybe months from now. Yep. So I just think that, um, not that the book was off track, but the focus has been narrowed a little bit, and it's not Mm -hmm. that I need everything explained to me, as evident in the Rorschach discussion, (laughs) but sometimes it's nice to have some things explained so that I can kind of attempt to piece other things together. You know, if it happens in the Marvel or the DC Universe there's a history there that I can maybe cull from, mm-hmm. but this is its own separate thing. And there's ground rules that they've just now started to establish. So it's like, okay, well, if this is this, then that must be this. And, you know, I don't want to spoil too, too much of it. We've already said enough about, you know, not being able to die inside the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is going on with Daniel's mother. A lot of interesting stuff. Stillwater's is a really good book. Image is, uh, had a good run here in the back uh, third, the back quarter of uh, 2020 with some of the new books. I agree. Yeah. So I don't want to spend too much time on this, of course, because then we'll definitely get into spoiler talk and I don't want to do that. But let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. And that reminds me, I got to print out my list because. If you head over to Longbox Heroes every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is in the lead with two correct guesses over me. I got a lot of questions about your list, but you go first
0: looking over your list is the book you're looking forward to most the other history of the dc universe number one no is it snake eyes dead game number three no oh i don't know i'm looking at
1: suicide squad number 11 oh okay it's the last issue
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh so i'm excited to see what happens how they wrap everything up um if Suicide Squad 11 wasn't coming out, it absolutely would have been Other History of the DC Universe, a delayed book, a uh, very interesting concept of, the bo- of a book to kind of give you a little bit more information, uh, you know, about the history of the DC Universe from a different perspective. And I'm excited to see how and where this book goes. Right. Now, I'm looking at your list, Todd, and I see Justice League International Omnibus Volume 2. Does that come with a bottle of Elmer's glue, just in case?
0: Yes, it does. They sent two bottles of Elmer's glue. Oh,
1: good. So, I'm going to guess. What's going on in Batman Beyond that it's on your list?
0: Batman Beyond is Booster Gold And has brought back Terry McGinnis A.K.A. Batman Beyond To stop something happening to, to To fix time because something Happened in our time that Ruins things in the future of Batman Beyond So Booster goes like come back We'll fix it and everything in the future will be fine
1: Okay I'll arbitrarily guess Suicide Squad number 11 for you It is also Suicide Squad number There 11. you go Gaining uh, some ground. All right, all right. Only got five weeks left. That's right.
0: I'll put the fix in so you'll never make up those ground in the last five weeks.
1: Oh, no, come on. No. Bladefair. Who's a, are you a regular, re- I don't recognize uh, Batman Beyond being on your book. Is that new just because it's a booster gold deal?
0: Yeah, he. Uh, I, I did definitely have 48 on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I had forty-seven because uh, I found out later that Booster shows up in the last couple panels. You know what I mean? So right. it was. So I, I knew that they had mentioned it in forty-eight, like Booster Gold shows up, and I'm like, ah, maybe it'll be in forty-seven. So when it came out, I was like, let me look. Last couple pages, there it is. So I grabbed that. But I definitely had forty-eight last month on my list.
1: Hmm. Interesting. All right, so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out everything that Todd and I have done together, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe have issues, and I'm going to push to get something for 2021, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, I have ideas, but then it's like one of those things where I feel you're going to like try to be, uh, uh, like, get retribution on me for it, you know?
0: Mm, i might have to ask you what this is off mic
1: and that's uh, i've mentioned it before in passing but it just keeps popping up into my head as a thing that i want to do okay um it's it's work for both of us but it's definitely more work for me
0: what is this for 2021 or 2022 21 21 okay
1: i think i know what you're talking about but i'll ask later okay um, you could also check out our store in the link there where you can get shirts and stickers and pins with our fancy logo on them. They're sitting right here in this very room, and I can get them shipped out to you ASAP after the holiday, plus or minus a couple days due to delivery. <laughs> it's just taking longer than normal. Uh, you can also head over to our T Public store. Shortcut to that is tinyurl.com backslash heroes. We can get shirts inspired by this show, by After Dark. By Final Wrestling Place, by At Odds with Wrestling. You can check all that stuff out there, and I'm pretty sure everything is on sale starting Wednesday up until at least Monday at 35 percent off because of you know Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that sort of thing.
0: Right, they're celebrating Fish Math the beginning. Of yes,
1: they know. they know. They <laughs> I think uh, Fish Math shirts specific or Fish Math items are specifically 36 percent off because they really <laughs> want to move those. Right, right um they don't know that fish math season is upon us somebody should tell them
0: they should they should tell what his name is whoever runs uh amazon joe amazon
1: His <laughs> name no t public which is different oh that's right i'm sorry then uh, joe you also public. sign i'm sorry
0: joe t public then tell him
1: you can sign up for our patreon get two bonus shows a month from todd and I. His schedules pretty strict there they usually come out every other friday whether you're at the dollar level or the five dollar level the five dollar level is going to get you those episodes two weeks before everyone else plus after dark about three days sooner than everyone else so uh if you enjoy me and todd and you have extra time in your life that you need to fill with more of us by all means sign up for the Patreon. And even if you're not a member of our Patreon, if you just have a Patreon account, go vote, see the options, listen to that free bonus show that we tacked on at the end of After Dark a couple weeks ago, where we kind of explain what our plan is for the movie portion of our Patreon bonus show, and we let you be the deciders there. Mm-hmm. Another way that you could support us, of course, is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click through at the top of the page over at longboxheroes.com. Does not cost you anything extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yes, sir. And I almost said a swear there like I did at the beginning of the show that I edited out. But now me mentioning it means I have to leave it in.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, someone purchased the three-issue trilogy series of books uh, in regards to the new Star Wars trilogy. Uh, They're called Aftermath, Journey to the Force Awakens, Life Debt, and Empire's End. Okay. Okay. Related but unrelated, someone also purchased a YYST lightsaber wall mount, lightsaber wall display rack, parentheses, no lightsaber included.
0: Well, I gotta be sure.
1: You know somebody bought one of those things that it would come with a lightsaber as well. Uh, someone uh, purchased both Mrs. Butterworth's Complete Pancake Mix and Betty Crocker Bisquick pancake mix i wonder if they're doing like a youtube taste test challenge between the two brands
0: or maybe somebody really likes pancakes when you mix both of them together
1: Ooh, i wonder
0: like that's the good pancake like butterworth is okay betty's okay but when you get betty together
1: I w- i'm assuming that is the same person who purchased those and let me know if you're doing what todd is suggesting where you're mixing the two together Mm -hmm. Or if there's like a specific ratio that you got to get like a 40-60 mix of one or the other, (laughs) or is it just right down the middle, you know?
0: Right, right. Or maybe it's just a sprinkling of Butterworth on Betty, or a sprinkling of Betty on Butterworth.
1: I can't use any of those for show titles. We're going to get flagged. (laughs) That is true. Uh, Somebody purchased Old Spice Shampoo for Men, Charcoal Buildup Removing, Volcano Scent. Ooh, I've got a I... lot of questions, Todd. One, I didn't know I had charcoal in my hair. Mm-hmm. And two, I don't know if I want to spend my day smelling like a volcano.
0: What? Hot and magma eating show? <laughs> <sighs> That's
1: what I, I smell. don't know. I've never my, my dad was an old spice guy, so you know. My dad's was... old now. I think that it's even for like olders than me.
0: Right. My dad was an old spice man too.
1: Yeah. So I think legally at that age you had to be
0: Yeah, I think it was the only It was like that and like Stetson was It was like,
1: that, Stetson, and Brute by Fabergé that's Yes, it.
0: that's that was the trifecta it, yeah. Nothing else, that was it
1: You either went like you, 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 you went with nothing on Or one of those three Yeah And uh, someone, and again I have to tread lightly I don't want to call someone out Or maybe spoil someone's gift Or at least spoil someone that Somebody purchased the White Stripes Greatest Hits mm-hmm. and ACDC Power Up.
0: Two great choices by whoever ordered
1: those. Right. I'm afraid... I'm, I'm assuming that it may have been you, but I'm assuming that you probably already have those. Um, well, I have Power Up. Right. Um,
0: because that came out last week or the week before. Um, so I, that was not me. But the White Stripes have never had a Greatest Hits album, and that's not even out yet that's coming out in December so that's probably a pre-order got so that like great white stripe have never had like I said a, a a greatest hits. but it makes me think of all these like really popular like you know just slam dunk bands are having a lot of stuff coming out in the fourth quarter. I wonder if like record labels are like like do whatever we can get get the sure hits out for you know so we could fix this year somehow. <laughs>
1: I know Foo Fighters just recently did like a big push over the last like week or two for an album that's coming out in February.
0: Right, right. So, but
1: they're still doing a big push, you know.
0: Right, they couldn't get it done in time, so that's gonna be that's gonna kick off the first quarter. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: For the record, I'm looking
0: forward to that too. So.
1: Me too. Me too. So. So. Uh. Oh. So Todd, did we have any art attacks this week?
0: We did have some art attacks this week. From Rebecca's art, she decided just a little fun mechanic that she did. And immediately when I see this, just because I have finished reading the five-issue miniseries by Tinian uh, Wind, I feel like this this character would fit in perfectly. Wind's sister who works in the sewers in Wind, that's the first thing that I thought of. Um, so just like try to sell this character to Tinian. Maybe he'll buy
1: it. <laughs> I would maybe tag him in it And then I would also try to figure out What sort of socket that wrench works on
0: Right Um. That's my only nitpick Is that the wrench both sides look the exact same size And as like a guy who used to turn wrenches for a living I'm like they'd be different But otherwise it's a pretty cool looking wrench
1: Great job as always And hey there's another one here Todd
0: Mm-hmm. Oh there is That's right Um, that When this was put out Which was as we recruited we, uh yesterday uh was 57 years ago today doctor who debuted on tv so here's my kevin mcguire homage of his cover of justice league number one using 13 versions of the doctor i love the non that non-canon peter cushing doctor is being shoved out of frame also he added the war doctor later for me this was a piece that i've had for a while um, but as we discussed earlier at the, the beginning of the show that, uh, Kevin, who, you know, he didn't give me some of my artwork, uh, that he's completely caught up. He got me last year. So I'm going to end the year with the last pieces that I've gotten off him over the last year that finishes up everything. And this is, this is one of them. So any questions, Joe?
1: Yeah. So, um, Peter Cushing as the non-canon doctor, what does that even mean?
0: Okay, so you have all the Doctors that were on the TV show. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. So in the 60s, when Dalek Mania hit and Doctor Who Mania hit, Uh which is a legitimate... Dalek Mania, running (laughs) wild, uh uh-huh. (laughs) Yep, which would really happen. There's even a a Dalek Christmas song that was out, you know. Oh, yeah, I think
1: we talked about that.
0: Yep, so it was, like, really huge. So they decided to, like, cash in on it. So they created these movies that they could show in, like, in the cinema where Peter Cushing would play a human, nothing to do with Time Lords or Galfrey, who invented a time machine in a police box that he had in his back, like he built it in his backyard, blah blah blah. And he had a, he had a uh, either a niece or a granddaughter, like the original first doctor. And they ended up like traveling through time. And then the sequel, they fought the Daleks and everything. But it had nothing to do with the TV show. He was just a human, like I said. So like I've I've seen them like years and years but he's not considered, like, you know, one of the doctors. And I've even had arguments in the comic shop with people who were like, "It does he count and everything? So it's like really cool. But it's weird that Grand Moff Tarkin played a version of the doctor and stuff like that. So I find it cool that Hartnell's like, giving him the old elbow, you know, out of the shot.
1: So the answer- other question I have is, so you sent this off to Kevin to add in the war doctor. Mm-hmm. Are you going to send it off to him to add the next doctor, the, the most recent doctor?
0: No, because this is, you, you ready for some weird Todd doctor who logic, even though it's not going to work is originally when I had this, had this kind of done um, uh, there, the original doctor had what you were born and then had your 12 regenerations so there was supposed to be no more than 13 doctors. You know what I mean? So during the 50th anniversary, they do this big scene where all the doctors show up and, and the one guy from Gallifrey's like, oh, it's my biggest nightmare. The 12 doctors are here, you know? And the one guy goes, no, it's all 13. And Capaldi's like, you see his eyebrows and stuff. So it's it's, a, it's a, like made me pop, like huge. It's a great thing. So I like the idea of it being the all 13 from the 50th anniversary. Then after that, every doctor that I'm gonna have to add, there's no more room on the page. You know what I mean? So I'd have to like commission another one. Even though I didn't commission this, this was sold off of eBay. So there was no problem in getting it. And then because he owed me pieces, I asked him if he could add the war doctor to it at the time. And he said, yeah, next time you see me do it. So the guy, uh, T-Bolt actually took this to a convention that I couldn't go to and he, you know, had him do it for me and bring it back. So like, I wasn't even there for when the war doctor was at it.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Isn't this amazing, all fun stuff, Joe, that you get to learn? (laughs) Well, listen,
1: it's, it is, I don't want to, is it kismet you would say that the artist that you are one of the biggest fans of is also, I'm assuming, a Doctor Who fan? Not a Doctor Who fan. Did not. Not
0: know. a Doctor was... Who fan at all. No, not all. Because when I when I talked to him about it, okay, at show I didn't have the piece. I talked to him at the show. I was like, "Could you add William Hurt to this?" And he's like, "I thought he wasn't a doctor." He went. I said, "He's not," but towards the end, he had redemption. Do you want me to explain it to you? And he looked. He goes, "No, not in the least." He goes. So he just, he, at the time he was just doing on eBay commissions of like, uh, the, he calls it the justice league, the justice league one cover that homage, he calls that the elevator shot okay of a bunch of people in an elevator looking up at like the, the security camera kind of deal, I guess he was doing those where it would be like, here's, you know, suicide squad characters. Here's everybody who's played James Bond. Here's. Everybody who's played the Lone Ranger, I'm making some of these up, but you get what I'm saying. And he just did one with the 12 doctors at the time. And I saw that there was room to add hurt if I wanted later. So I was like, I'll take that. So there's your answer. That's your long way around for that question. And some people will get that reference to Doctor Who. I'm going home the long way around.
1: So if you have uh any fancy art that was done by Kevin McGuire or anyone else of your favorite TV show characters emulating uh a famous comic book cover, no MacGyver's needed. Oh boy. Tweet at Todd's Art Attack and uh we'll share your stuff with the rest of the world. If you yourself are a burgeoning artist listening to the show, we'll uh push that stuff out to everyone, you know. Mm -hmm. and uh you know share the art with everyone but i really like that piece you know with my tertiary knowledge of doctor who it's still a really cool piece
0: right and just i mean that is probably the most me piece i'm ever gonna have you know what i mean like that as i was talking with uh with uh online i was like this ticks so many
1: boxes so right So I think that's everything for the main show before we get into the discussion of Mandalorian. I believe so. All right. So uh, if you're bidding us adieu with Mandalorian, I have to write down a time code here for myself. Mm. Uh, Thanks for listening episode 530, Longbox Heroes. We'll see you next week. Let me write down my time code, and then we're going to get into Mandalorian. Mm Mm-hmm. It was suggested to me at some point I should do some sort of deal where I take all these bits where we talk about a TV show and, like, put it together as, like, one episode for those people that haven't listened to something. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I'm probably going to do that with Mandalorian just to test to see. Because, like, we're in the midst of it, you know, so it's a little bit easier for me to grab
0: instead of going editing like 10 old episodes
1: yeah like going like looking for the six to ten episodes of the boys that we did months ago listening to them finding out where that is and yeah Mm -hmm. more work for me how about me uh i could send it to you the ringtone maker if you want to cut this stuff up i would do it and
0: i'd send it back to you do what you will with it because i could cut things but i can't put them back
1: together right okay I may have you cut things. Cut me, Mick, I'll say. (laughs) That's right. All right, so this episode of Mandalorian. This is the one where we get the most callbacks, of course, to the first season. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Gina Carano and Carl Weathers are in it, whatever their Mandalorian names are.
0: Right. Right.
1: And obviously the razor wing is a piece of junk and ain't going to be able to make it very far. So he decides to crash land here. Mandalorian, Mando, and he sees that Gina Carano and Carl Weathers have done great strides in making things better. Mm -hmm. But it appears as though there's yet another Imperial stronghold that's popped up. And it's like near a volcano, in a volcano.
0: Near a lava like... Chasm that has like lava flows That roll through it Right
1: Right. so the Horatio Sands alien that was Frozen from the very first episode is there With him working off his debt And uh, Carl Weathers Keeps getting him to shave more years Off by doing more things he doesn't want to do Mm -hmm. And while in the Imperial stronghold They find out that this may have been The hub of the cloning operation Of whatever they were doing to Baby Yoda Right and that just infuriates Mando more. There's a really cool uh, uh, spaceship battle with TIE Fighters. And Baby Yoda put, pukes up some cookies. The end.
0: Some macaroons.
1: Oh, that's what they Space were? Space
0: macaroons.
1: Because that's at what they actually at, were. At first, when the, when, they, when the kid had it and he was chewing on it, it was in his mouth or whatever. I'm like, is that kid chewing gum? What is that kid eating?
0: <laughs> they're a little like, I don't know. They're like Oreo cookie kind of things. But i don't know they're all the rage now apparently which when i saw them they're like not even like you know you know like affected up like macaroons they're just like no these are just in a sleeve i was like okay i guess you could have them in a galaxy far far away a long time ago so but the thing with that i did like with the uh with the uh, the cloning thing was that we ended up finding out that the 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 guy who has the dark saber is still alive so now mando realizes oh like the baby may, may be in danger maybe i can't leave him with perfect strangers everywhere i go
1: so i'm Moff, like all right idiot. You know? yes
0: right so i'm like that that uh, hopefully ties up that like cuz like you have the one lady on on tatooine what's her name amy
1: uh amy sedaris
0: it's like, okay, you've kind of known her. If you leave him with, you know, Carl Weathers or something like that, you're okay. But she's like, here's a random protocol droid and some other kids. Just sit down. You'll you'll be good. So I was like that. But then when the cloning thing, when they were like, oh, his M count was high, I wonder if they're talking about metachlorines, oh. Joe. Oh, I was like popping for that because every you're kid loves metachlorines. But it was a fun. This was felt like the most star Warsy action in it like running through hallways from stormtroopers shooting back and stuff like that so i i enjoyed it for a fun action adventure episode it, it moves the plot along did you hear about t-shirt guy joe
1: i did i was gonna mention about that the, the just like the random like stage hand that like made it into the shot for a section like a second Mm -hmm. But that's all you need in these days. It's just one second, and he's he's immortalized.
0: And I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. That is they. That's that's fake. They they left that in purpose. Yes, it's fake on. It's uh, they're in on purpose. They didn't cut it out. I think after the Game of Thrones slash coffee cup, and then later water bottle.
1: Wasn't there a watch one too, where someone was wearing a watch?
0: Right. And I these do happen. I totally 100% get that these things happen. But once the attention the coffee cup got, I think people are leaving stuff in and then stooging it off themselves to give their shows more publicity. Because literally somebody showed, I forget what website I was on, that they showed shot for shot. They're like, hey, here's this shot. And then somebody had a CGI in laser blasts and it or, or like like red like aura colors from the, the laser blast. And they had to put it over the guy in the in the in the the shorts and the t-shirt. And it's like 17 people had to see this. And I'm, I'm at the point now where it's the same way when people are like, oh, this stuff that leaked, stuff doesn't leak anymore. It gets put out there so we can talk about it. And I think this guy in the t-shirt was was left in there because what are we doing right now? We're talking about it, Joe. Conspiracy theory, Todd, is here
1: right now. Put my tinfoil hat on and let's, let's talk about this, Joe. I know a guy you need to talk to if you're wearing a tinfoil hat, but I didn't give it even that much thought I'm just like cuz even if you go and watch the scene where baby Yoda steals uses finally uses his force to steal a cookie mm-hmm. in that scene like as they're cutting from baby Yoda to the the two shot of the kid and baby Yoda to the close up of the kid to baby Yoda the cookies in the pack shot right right there's like in the position that it's in And I noticed that and like I was more upset about that than the one second of a guy standing in the background who shouldn't have been there. You make a fantastic point that they do so much digital stuff to add in the laser blast and the whatever else. uh, There's a very good chance that they could have just digitally like got rid of that guy and no one would have Mm -hmm. been the wiser. I'll even go you one better now that you have me down the conspiracy rabbit hole. What if they digitally put that guy in?
0: Oh, that layers on layers, Joe. I don't know. But I do want to say on the cookies that the cookies were in a different spot every time. Maybe because the kid was using the force trying to get them to himself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that one, I can at least, I know that bothered you because you're like, you know, the way you are, but I could at least go it's because it was in the
1: foreground as opposed to the background, I guess.
0: Right. But then you would say the shot would show Baby Yoda and then it would come back and the cookies are moved. Maybe he he forced, you know, twitched them. You know what I mean? God, like he didn't
1: start he because Baby Yoda has to raise his hand to do his force magic.
0: Uh well, maybe he's learning. I don't know. I'm really starting to think this kid's a Sith, by the way. I really do. After choking, uh, what's her face? And now doing the stealing cookies this kid's on the road to Sith man
1: eating eating unborn children. come on he's a Sith. well Anakin was a Sith, right? later yeah well no he uh, Yoda adult Yoda said that he had uh, you know the whatever in these movies that I don't acknowledge somehow I'm quoting them that he had the uh, something to bring great balance to the force. You know, right. So he was pegged to be like this big deal. And obviously Yoda didn't want to train him. So I think they knew ahead of time that he was part of the dark force or whatever, or that he was Sith, as you say. But I think all Jedi are born Sith and they have to be taught to be good.
0: Right, because that's just the way real people are. Yeah. No, but I will say that's kind of not the way that it worked. It was that he was going to bring balance to the force. Oh,
1: balance, that's what And it was.
0: he kind of did by killing everybody you know what i mean like because there was only two sith there's always two sith a master and, a, and an apprentice and there was millions of good jedi by wiping them all out and then leaving just him and luke for a minute that brought balance to the force there because there was no more lopsided good jedi to two bad sith
1: ah, so he was fulfilled yeah, Yoda's prophecy was fulfilled. There you go. You got me again.
0: Right. But also one last thing. It's the Razor Crest, not the Razor Wing. You get it oh, wrong okay. every razor week.
1: Razor Crest. My apologies.
0: Yep, yep, yep. But wh- and on the clone thing, they're trying to like work with Baby Yoda. What if this is the emperor or, or this the stuff that's setting up the clone stuff for rise of uh for the whatever the last Skywalker movie was. Yeah, that's true. Like, this is all the cloning stuff to build. Uh, what was the guy who was the fake emperor for a while? He was a clone. Snoke. And Snoke. Maybe this is them, like, laying the g- groundwork to build Snoke
1: and or bring back Palpatine. Well, there's, there's thoughts that the Palpatine that we saw in Empire and Returns was a clone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that the one that was, spoilers everyone, for the Uh, new Star Wars movies. The spoilers of the one that was in the cave was the original one from the prequels, and all the other ones that we saw were clones, but I get what you're saying, that, like, somehow they need Baby Yoda to do that. Right, to build, yeah. I don't know, man. I just, uh... When you say that there is, uh, you know, Baby Yoda is Sith, I, I definitely feel there's going to be a scene where baby yoda raises his hand to uh to mando you know what i mean
0: and he's he he, like 50 years what is he like 50 years old or something they said yeah because you know what if he really understands everything he's just been he's just been playing baby this whole time Hmm. i don't know that one's the the far-fetched
1: ones but We'll see, lots of rumor and innuendo on this Yep, yep And the other thing is, I need to do better due diligence to watch Mandalorian like sooner in the day than later oh, oh, social media everywhere, you can't miss it It's not even so much as spoilers in general, it's just discussion in general that sets the table for well, my expectations, I guess
0: mm-hmm right but also in i'm with you in the thing but if if you're going to be on online like i find so many promoted tweets for disney plus that it's like oh like in this episode of mandalorian like the the they they always do a line that they think is like not spoiling things but it's some idiot who doesn't know how to not spoil things writing the 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 headline in the tweet it's like, oh, like, they find, the, they find the tanks in the latest episode of that ties to Baby Yoda. It's like, oh, cloning stuff? Metachloric? I'm like, just, it's always that way. So that's what bugs me the most. I'll be quiet
1: now. No, I get what you're saying. I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, so I, I've, I've been enjoying it. Uh, Mandalorian's a real good show, and this season's been good. I just hope the next episode... Is not we show up on a planet and someone needs help and then I go and I help them and the Empire is there.
0: Well, that's the formula, man. You don't stray from that. And I have to ask the one last question before we go. Um, Too little Baby Yoda? Too much Baby Yoda? Or just the right amount of Baby
1: Yoda? Just the right amount of Baby Yoda. He puked on himself. So we win.
0: Yep.
1: It was too much. Eating those macaroons. (laughs) <laughs> uh, was and uh, being shaken up in the Razor Crest was a little bit too much for his tum tum.
0: Yeah, that is true. But that was a cool fight. So
1: yeah. All right, everyone. Now closing out episode five thirty of Longbox Heroes for Todd. This is Joe saying thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop.